thought we've been talking about God being with us the last few weeks, and I want to I want to touch on that some more. This is, uh, I'm going to read the text to you again because I think it's important that, that we all understand that from the very beginning in Genesis all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, it's the same revelation of who God is and who Jesus is and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that God has always wanted to be with us. He wants to be with us. He doesn't want to be far away. He wants to be near. And his plan is trying to, to get us to understand how that all works out in everyday life so that we can embrace that and we can receive that and we are prepared and willing to let him be near us and that we would draw near him. So happy near year. We're going to be going near to God this year. Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's the revelation of who God is and what he wants for us from the beginning of the word of God in Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end. It's all about God saying, I want to be with you. I want to be your God. I want you to be my people because I love you. We can't earn that. You can't work it up. But we can just accept it. That's what God says. I want to dwell with you. I want to come. And, and I just want to remind you, it's going to be great and glorious when we go to heaven. But you don't have to wait till you get to heaven for some of that great and glorious. Because he wants to make all things new. And he's starting that process now. When we get born again, he starts making everything new in our lives. We are a new creation, but we still got the old nature that's trying to come back up, and we've got things in our past that keep messing with us, and he's wanting to make all those things new over and over again. Every day we wake up, it's an opportunity for him to say, this is a new day. My mercies are new today. They don't ever run out, and today is a day that you're going to be changed. Hallelujah. That's what gives me hope. Sometimes I look at my life and I say, man, you know, I ought to be better than that. But then I realize every day is a new opportunity. Every day is a new chance. I can start all over again. It's like a fresh slate. Isn't that a great deal? Do your friends give you a fresh slate? Not much. I mean, they got a list going, baby. I mean, they're writing it down. They're keeping up with it. All your mistakes, they're keeping up with it. But God doesn't keep up with that. You know what he says? He says, your sins I will remember no more. You can't beat that. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to not remember them. Doesn't say he forgets them. He's choosing to not remember them. 
That's huge. It's hard to do, but not for God. That's the way we ought to be, too. We ought to love one another, and we ought to forgive one another. And when people make a mistake, I don't play golf, but there's a, there's a term they use in golf uh, for when you, a mulligan? Yeah, for when you, you, know, you, you, you make a bad shot, and you say, hey, can I have that one over again? And we, we call it do-over, you know, in other sports. So when you mess up or somebody else messes up, you know, just, hey, I need a mulligan. I need a do-over. Sorry. God is full of do-overs and mulligans because he says, I choose to not remember your sins anymore. God wants to dwell with us. And part of that happens because, because we understand who he is. And we understand that he wants, to, he wants to dwell in us. And so we're not consumed with our, our thinking about our past and our failures and our flaws and, and our guilt and our shame and all that because we know that God's not thinking about it. And we can receive his love and we can receive him coming and living and dwelling in us because we understand that God wants to do that. It pleases him to do that. As much as we want it, he wants it way more. That's encouraging. Because sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I don't feel all that great. Sometimes I get distracted. But God always wants to draw near. God always wants to be near us. He wants to dwell with us. He wants to be our God and we his people. That's an ongoing thing about his faithfulness, his character. That's who he is. It doesn't change. And every time we get discouraged, it doesn't change who God is. Every time we fall down, it doesn't change who God is. We need to be convinced of that, that God is good and he's out for our good all the time. And when we're going through difficulties and challenges, don't listen to the evil report. Believe what God says. All right, so God always initiates everything regarding our relationship with him. You know, we read this about uh, God in the beginning. He created Adam. He said, let's make man. I mean, he's the one that initiated it. You know, Adam wasn't saying, hey, will you make me? I mean, it was all God. God's the one that started the process. And all throughout history, God found someone. He said, I'm going to reveal myself to you. He talked to Noah. You know, the whole world was messed up. He came to Noah and he said, look, you're a guy that I, I can see, I can, I can work with. And so I'm choosing you. Got a job for you. And then after that, it was Abram. He came to Abram and he... And, he revealed himself to Abram. You know, Abram wouldn't say, oh God, what's your plan for my life? You know, God was saying, Abram, if you'll leave your family, leave your city, leave your people, and you'll go somewhere that I'm telling you to go, I've got this great plan for you. And Abram said, okay. And it says that he, he left not knowing where he was going, but he was willing to do it because he believed what God said comes back to that thing about believing what God says and acting on it. Instead of believing, you know, if he'd have mentioned that to his family, they'd have said, are you crazy? Why would you be leaving all of us? We, you know, we got all this wealth. We got all this stuff going on. Don't, don't do that. That's stupid. Stay here with us. That's the way the enemy works, right? Sometimes, unfortunately, it's through our friends and family. Well-meaning people telling you stuff. Oh, I'm just trying to help you. Just watching out for you. Oh, yeah. And... You know, we have to guard against that. We have to believe what God says. We've got to know what God says and believe what He says. So we talked about all the, uh, uh, the beginning patriarchs and all those, but when we're finishing up with Abram, and I just, you know, last week we talked about Abram uh, 
when God came to him and he changed his name, he and Sarah, and he said, look, you know, you were, you're Abram, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some of my name. And so God took part of the, the H-A out of uh, Jehovah or Yahweh, either one. It works either way. Took part of his name and stuck it right into Abram's name and made him Abraham. He did the same thing with Sarah. Her name was Sarai, and he took the I off and added the H and made it Sarah. He's putting his name on his people, and he's still doing that. He's saying, you are the redeemed. You're not the old man. You're the new person that I've created. So Abraham, <clears throat> he was walking with the Lord but all along the way, over, over a period of, you know, like 60 years or so, as God was revealing himself to him at different points along the way, it always says, God appeared to Abraham. It never says, God called out, or Abraham called out to God. It was always God appearing to Abraham. God is the initiator of all this. You understand, we would not have the opportunity to even know the Lord if he wasn't appearing to us or calling us and coming to us, drawing us. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me and except the Father draw him. So we're not able to even experience God except that he loves us so much that he's, he's called us and he's pursued us. And he doesn't give up on us, even though we're stubborn and we're stiff-necked and we're bullheaded and we're resistant and we're rebellious and we say no, not interested, but he still, he just keeps pursuing us and he keeps coming right up into that last breath in this life God is calling us now some people never say yes and just in case you're wondering I believe in a real hell with real devils and torment and it's eternal and it's not going to be good and so I talk about God's goodness and mercy and grace because that's what I want to focus on but you know if you're on the other side of that if you don't ever receive that you are facing eternal judgment, and it's, it's not going to be something you want to wait and find out about. If there's any doubts in your mind, you want to clear that up now. Don't wait. And there's no guarantees about life, you know. I mean, um, we're here today. We could be gone tomorrow. Uh, so you need to be ready to be before the Lord for eternity. So Abraham... Uh, he was walking with the Lord. God kept appearing to him. And he you know, made this promise, I'm going to give you this son. And Abraham said, oh, you know, I've got this other son that, you know, we kind of cooked up this deal and made happen. And would you just bless him instead? Because I'm 90 years old, man. I'm 100 years old, 99. And uh, my wife's 90. There's no way we can have a baby. And God said, would you just shut up and let me do what I want to do? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But he said, look, I've got a plan. And it's a good plan. Would you just say yes to my plan? So Abraham said, well, okay, after he fell on his face and laughed and, you know, did all kinds of goofy things. But God gives him this son. When, Abraham, when uh, Isaac is about 12 years old, God says, okay, Abraham, I want you to do something. I want you to take Isaac, and I want you to go over to this mountain that I'm going to show you, and I want you to offer him to me as a sacrifice. And Abraham said, okay. So he got, he got Isaac. He got some of his servants. He got, he got the fire, and he got the knife and the wood. And, and as they were going, little Isaac, you know, he's about 12 years old, and, you know, he's pretty sharp. 
He said, hey, uh, Dad, you got all the wood and the fire and the knife and everything, but where's the lamb? He said, God will provide a lamb. Now, I don't know what Abraham was thinking at that point. I'm sure he was, he was having a lot of internal torment because that was a pretty weird thing, you know, to, to actually be con contemplating, sacrificing the son that God promised to you to be the heir that was going to do all this thing that God had promised. But Abram, he, he trusted God, and he went. And so you, you know the story. You know, he goes through the whole deal. He, he ties Isaac up. He prepares the altar. And, and, uh, and then as he's preparing to, <clears throat> to kill him, you know, angel of the Lord says, don't stop, don't hurt the boy. And they look over there, and here's a ram caught in a thicket. And he said, wow, see? God provided himself a sacrifice. And he named the place Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. And God says to him, because you have obeyed, because you didn't withhold your son, your only son, I'm going to make you a great nation. See, that's what God wants. He wants, he wants not just a person, but he wants a people that will say yes I'm willing to obey you. I'm willing to believe what you say. I'm willing to obey you because I know you have a good plan for me. That's what Abraham did. He, he said, look, I, I'll trust you, God. I'll trust that your plan for me is better than my plan for me. In the New Testament, it says that he, he believed that even had he gone ahead and, and killed Isaac, that God would have raised him from the dead. That's how strong his faith was. Because he knew that God loved him and God had made this promise to him that out of you, out of a son from, from you, there is going to be this great nation. So Abraham, he passed along some of that faith to Isaac, his son. And Isaac came along and he had the same kind of experiences. God appeared to Isaac. There's not as much uh, in the scripture about Isaac as there is about Abraham and Jacob, but, but God did the same thing. Isaac was just doing his own thing, doop, 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 you know, and, and God says, appears to him and says, hey, just like I appeared to your father, I'm going to make you the same promise. I'm going to make a great nation of you. Now, I said this last week, but I think it's worth repeating. We all know the little little saying good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good becomes better and your better, best. God says it a little differently. He says good, better, best. Why don't you just give all that a rest? Because that's a bunch of dead works out of your flesh. Why don't you just trust me and only accept my very best? If you want God's best, hold out for that. See, the enemy wants to come along and give you something less. And we get suckered in just like Abraham, you know. It's like, well, you know, we're getting old. We better just go ahead and figure this out on our own, you know. So they, they, they schemed and they plotted and they did that. They had Ishmael, big mess. Where all the while, God was wanting them just to trust him and wait. And he would have performed his good word in their life, just like he said. He did. But in the meantime, because they did that thing in the flesh, it created other problems. Well, how many of you have done some things in the flesh that later you look back on and say, whoops, shouldn't have done that? You know, if you had 
2020 uh, vision right up front, you probably wouldn't make those mistakes. But hindsight, you look back and say, oh boy, was that dumb. I shouldn't have done that. And that's the way it works. And so the other thing that I've, I've been repenting over the last 48 hours or so is being presumptuous. And I talk about that all the time. You know, we shouldn't be presumptuous. And yet I realize that in my own life, sometimes I think I know what God wants to do. Or I think I know from my my knowledge or my experience or, or you know, my pride, I mean, whatever it is that I'm just bullying ahead and doing what I think needs to happen. And the whole time God is saying, hey, dude, did you check with me first? You know, what do you think I want to do in this situation? It might not be what you're doing. And, oh, maybe that's why it doesn't always work out so great for me. So I'm, I'm trying to humble myself and allow God to speak to me so that I don't, I don't want to be presumptuous. You know, we're all human. We're not, we're not going to be perfect. No one's going to get everything right all the time, but, but I, want to, I want to at least have the right mindset about it so that I would be willing to say, Lord, I want your very best. My good and better just ain't cutting it. I want God's best. So Isaac, he had this experience. Actually, it was a lot like his father. You know, they had this thing where they were traveling into these other nations, and, uh, and evidently Sarah was a pretty woman. And uh, Abram, you know, he, he said, look, you really are kind of my half-sister. So he said, why don't you just... When people ask, why don't you just tell them you're my sister instead of my wife? Because if they know you're my wife, they'll probably just kill me and take you because you're a real looker. You know? and so anyway, so she said, fine. So they did that. They, you know, they did this a couple of times. And, uh, and it, anyway, it's, it's weird, but God, God blessed them and worked through them. And then Isaac comes along, and Rebecca was really pretty, too. And same thing, you know, they come into this place and he, hey, you know, uh, tell them you're my sister instead of my wife. And I don't, I just don't get that fully, but, uh, <laughs> but here's, here's my point. God had a plan. And uh, <clears throat> because they did some things that maybe weren't really all that uh, right or in great faith, God still worked out his plan. And, and it's, a, it's an encouragement to me to know that even though we don't always get it right, even though our faith may not just believe the good report, sometimes we latch on to the evil report, sometimes we do dumb things, but yet God can redeem all that and he can still do what he wants to do. <clears throat> so I want to read these verses to you. Uh, Genesis 26, the Lord appeared to Isaac, and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I'll perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens. And I will give your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Then you skip down a few verses, and that's when, between that verse and what I'm fixing to read to you, is where Isaac 
did this thing about, you know, she's not my wife, she's my sister, you know, it's all cool. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. And the Philistines envied him. So he messed up, and yet, because he, he did the basic thing that God told him to do. See, we're all on a journey. We're on this journey, and along the way, we might make some bad choices. Maybe we make a, make a little turn wrong here or there. But if we're on the journey, God can do what he wants to do if we just believe him. And if God's, he, he sowed, and God began to bless a hundredfold. I mean, he went out, he, because he didn't go down into Egypt, like God said, even though he messed up in some other ways, he was where God wanted him to be. And because he was where God wanted him to be, God was able to bless him and prosper him. And that's the way it works in the spiritual realm. When we follow the Lord and when we're obedient to him, we don't earn it, but we just position ourselves. We get ourselves in a place where God can do what he wants to do. That's all he wants. He wants a place that he can dwell, a place that he can dwell in. And if he can dwell in us, then he can prosper us and he can bless us and he can, he can cause us to sow and reap a hundredfold. So much so that it's like miraculously so. A hundredfold. I mean, that's why it's in there like that because he became prosperous. And he became very prosperous. And the, so much so that the other people were saying, man, something's going on here. We're, you know, just go away. Go away from us. You're, you're, you're getting all of our wealth. Everything that the land is producing, you're sucking it up and you're getting it all. So we want you to leave. That's the way it ought to be with us. I'm not, I'm not preaching the prosperity message like, like some do. I'm just saying we should be experiencing God's blessing and favor in our lives. Whatever that looks like. You know, you may be, you may be making uh, $10,000 a year and yet you can get by on it because God's favor and blessing is on you. You may make $100,000 a year, and you'll be happy and blessed because God's favor and blessing is on you. You make a million dollars a year, and you'll be happy and blessed because God's favor and blessing is on you. It doesn't matter what we have. It matters what God is doing with what we have. And so, man, let's don't settle for less than the best. Let's, let's grab a hold of the fact that God wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell among us. He wants to... He wants to be part of our lives all the time, and he wants us to understand that he's got a good plan for us. And it's, it's way better than anything you can dream up on your own. Don't be doing something and then say, oh, God, you know, that Ishmael might live before you. How about we just say, God, I'm, I'm waiting for Isaac, man. I'm waiting for the promise. I'm waiting for what you said. Not what I'm dreaming up, not what I'm scheming, not what I think might work. I want to do what you say. Worship team, y'all can come back. You know, as we, as we learn more and more about who God is, God can show us more and more of who he is. As we begin to be obedient and respond to God in, in little things, he begins to show us more and more and more things. The latter part of uh, these verses that we're reading about Isaac, it says... The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants 
for my, my servant Abraham's sake. And it says that he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. That's what, that's what this is all about. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's really not that complicated. It's a little harder to live it all and do it, but, but the theory is just real simple. God wants to be part of our lives, and he wants, to, he wants to be over everything in our lives so that we look to him, we trust him, and we believe what he says. And if we do that, and we respond in faith, and we try to walk in obedience, then he's going he's gonna to take our lives, and he's going to bless us, and he's going to make it into something that he can use. See, Abraham trusted God, and he got Isaac. Isaac trusted God, he gets Jacob. Jacob trusted God, he gets the 12 children. And the 12 children become the nation of Israel, which we're all part of, spiritually speaking, because we've been grafted in. It's all part of God's plan saying, look, I want a people that I can dwell with and be their God. And they'll be my people, I'll be their God, and I want to make them like nobody else on the earth. That's what God wants. Are you in? Amen. Let's stand and worship.
Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about right there, that God's love is stronger than all of our pain, is stronger than all yes. of our failures, is stronger than all of our confusion. Thank you, Jesus. He sees all that and he knows about it. You, you might as well just fess up. You're not hiding it from him. He knows all that. He knows where you're broken. He knows where you're wounded. He knows where you're, where you're experiencing guilt and shame and remorse. And he knows where, where you feel like you're, you're despairing over your future or your past. Or, you know, God knows all that. Just say, yes, Lord, yes. I messed up and I need you. Heal me, cleanse me, make me new. I choose your plan, Lord. As we sing this next song, if you, if you need prayer for anything, if you don't know the Lord or if you want a special prayer for anything, we'll meet here at the altar and pray with you. And let's just continue to worship the Lord.
Well, that's what he wants to do. He wants to fill us with his love, set us free so that we can walk out all this stuff that he's promised us. So, Lord, we receive that this morning. We say yes to you, Lord, yes to your plan. We reject all the lies of the enemy. We reject what the world offers. We reject everything that's not of you, and we say yes to your plan, Lord. Yes to your plan. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Go in Jesus' name, be blessed, there's snacks, fellowship, enjoy one another, and uh, come again. We got all kinds of good things going on. Y'all come now. <laughs>